Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. How many of you growing up ever saw those sandcastle competitions? Sandcastle competitions. In Adelaide, Australia, where I grew up from the age of really zero to about 10, they would often have these sandcastle competitions and they would be quite amazing. And you'll see one of the pictures of what it means. Like someone will make something like this. It will take them all day. They've got like 12 hours. And then at the end of the day, they would make something kind of amazing. And uh, I remember seeing like there was cars, there was castles, there was recently there was one with Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I saw on Instagram and he was kind of putting his head down, wondering what was happening with America. And uh, I thought that that was kind of interesting. And then, you know, I had kids and, and they didn't do that so much. They more did this. Yeah, they would just eat the sand, right? How many of you ever, I was actually at the beach yesterday and there's this little uh, beautiful girl that we were with and she's not quite too. And she doesn't care what she eats. She's like, do you want this pizza filled with sand? And she's like, yes. And she would just eat watermelon, just surrounded by sand. And she's like, what are you doing? That's not going to go well on the way out. And then obviously your kid gets a little bit older, hopefully, and begins to, to play with buckets and so forth. And then my son, who's 11 now, man, in about 30 minutes, he will make an incredible hole that if you're not watching, you ever seen something like this, you're not watching down the beach and all of a sudden you just fall on in, that'll be what my son creates. And so we've been doing a series in our church, kicked off last week, called Riptides. And we talked about last week the power of the riptide to take you and I to a place that we should not go. And we really talked about how the lifeguard blows the whistle and is constantly encouraging you and I to get within a safe place. And the Word of God does that, doesn't it? I know it's a little harder to say amen or yes with a mask over your face, but you can go yes, you can put up your hand if you want to, you can nod your head if you want to. I just believe in the interactive church experience or, or if you can, amen, or if you can cheat from time to time. You know, I think it's, it's given us a new definition of flashing people. Wow, I saw her nose. She's got such pretty teeth. It's brought our flashing to holier levels, let's put it that way. But I really wanted to speak to you not about the riptide, but really about the high tide. See, the reality is that it doesn't matter how cute your sandcastle is. How many know that a high tide or even a king tide will eventually come and take away your sandcastle? And you might have spent a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of energy, a whole lot of thought, and you might have even looked very successful. You might be on the cover of Success Sandcastle King Making Magazine. But how many know that if you've been to the beach for a while, if you're a lifeguard, you would blow a whistle and go, you're spending all of your time and all of your energy and all of your effort on building a sandcastle, but the tide will come in. And this is really what Jesus begins to teach you and me 
is that you can either build your life like a sandcastle king or you can build it on the rock. Can I get a good amen? Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. He says this, verse 24. It is perhaps his longest sermon, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, known as the Sermon on the Mount. But then the end of the chapter, he's basically preached a message, and then he begins to tell you and I the, the, the analogy of a wise man and a foolish man. How many of you would rather be a wise man? Say yes. How many don't want to be a fool? All right, we've got some smart people at Church Alive today. You just graduated college. Matthew 7, verse 24. Anyone, anyone, that's the invitation for all, isn't it? Doesn't matter if you're old, doesn't matter if you're young, doesn't matter if you graduated college, doesn't matter what your skin color, he's literally like anyone. That's good news. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it says it won't collapse because it is built on a bedrock. But anyone, someone say anyone. Here's the, uh, the interesting thing about the Scripture. It is non-discriminatory. It is literally the offer and invitation of eternal life, the offer and invitation of following Jesus, and the offer and invitation to be a wise person, or the offer and invitation to be a foolish person. Don't you love that the Bible actually invites you to be a wise person and also invites you to be a fool? Kind of says you can choose. It's like going through McDonald's. You get to choose. Wise, foolish. If you're wiser, you choose not to go to McDonald's. Anyway, side issue, side issue. Let's keep going. Verse 26, But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and winds beat against that house, it will collapse. It says, with a mighty crash. In verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds, they were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. It's like I hear the whistle of heaven. It's like the lifeguard is blowing his whistle and he's literally saying, don't spend all your time building on sandy places. Don't spend all your life building things that don't matter. It's like the, the, the lifeguard of heaven is literally telling you and I, listen, you've got to build your life with priorities. You've got to build your life on God's Word. You've got to build your life not just even hearing the teachings of Jesus. I want you to notice a couple of things about these two men. They both hear. Someone say hear. They both build. Someone say build. They both go through storms. The wise man isn't exempt from the storm. Actually, both of them go through storms. And I hope you live a life that's simply blessed. I hope you live a life that's absent from storms. But I've lived long enough to know that most of us will at least go through a measure of storms. Now, here's what I love about the Bible. The Bible will warn you and I, and it will cause you to escape many storms. It'll cause you to live the kind of wise life that you'll actually escape many storms. Because how many you know that most of our storms are actually self-inflicted? I don't want any more self-inflicted storms. 
Come on, is anyone else with me today that you don't want any more self-inflicted storms? Actually, you, you would rather escape them. But I want you to hear that both the wise man had storms and the foolish man had storms. Both experience whether their life philosophy works. Both the wise man and the foolish man experience whether their life philosophy works. And you're like, but Pastor Anthony, I don't have a life philosophy. Yes, you do. All of us have one, whether we've actually defined it or not. A life philosophy is simply what I live my life by. And we all live our life by a life philosophy, whether it's whatever feels good or I live by principles. Are you with me? The foolish man thinks his actions don't matter. He thinks his foundation doesn't matter. He thinks the warnings are for someone else. Have you ever been warned to do something? And like, that doesn't. That doesn't mean me. I actually find I'm a bit like that. I have a personality that assumes nothing will go wrong, right? But I found that life has taught me differently than my personality. You're like, Anthony, be careful. I'm like, that's for other people. And I don't know why. You might be the same or you you might be like that person who's like, it will go wrong. Haven't you noticed there's two extremes? There's the person who's like, nothing's going to happen. And then there's this other one over here going, everything's going to go wrong. Everything. It always does. How many know both those people need a little truth therapy sometimes? We need some truth therapy in our lives. Everything's going to go wrong. Not not everything. Nothing's going to go wrong. Sometimes... (laughs) Listen to what the book of Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs 1 verse 20. It speaks of wisdom. It says this wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in the front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons? Will you insist on being simple-minded, he says. How long will you mockers relish you're mocking. How long will you fools hate knowledge? Now come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and I will make you wise. Someone say, make me wise. Come on, say, make me wise. I think that's an incredible prayer for us to pray in this season. God, make me wise. Because there's so many opportunities for foolishness for all of us, isn't there? God, make me wise. I know that's a prayer for my wife. She prays for me. Oh, Lord, make him wiser than he is today. Make him wiser. And here's the funny thing. I guarantee when you marry someone, you're like, oh, Lord, I know they're attractive, but please make them wise. I know that's a prayer of parents who have young kids, make them wise. But I would say it's actually a prayer of your father in heaven. Make him wise. Maybe it's the prayer of Jesus. Make them wise to listen to the lifeguard who is blowing the whistle to not build a life that's simply on sandcastles, but on the rock of Christ Jesus. Come on, I'm not preaching to anyone. The foolish man takes the easiest route, the easy road. My son can build a a pit literally where he can stand in in probably 30 minutes. It's easy to build on sand. 
But God says, don't, don't take necessarily the easiest path. You're going to have to cross out of the sand. You're going to have to walk across some of the hot sand. You ever walk across the hot sand? Oh, woo! And then you're going to have to go to a place where there is foundation and there is rock. I was at the beach just yesterday and everyone was on the sand and there wasn't many people on the rock. That's cool for a day. It's not cool for a lifetime. What's good for a day, what's pleasurable for a day is not necessarily great for a lifetime. One of the best things about the house of God, this church, Church Alive, is that there is positive peer pressure. Have you ever been around some negative peer pressure? You all have. I can see it in your eye, the twinkle. Yes, I was. You were either the instigator of it or you were the one getting dragged into it. Just take it one time. Cigarettes, alcohol, heart of drugs. It's not going to hurt you because you're Superman. When did you become Superman? I didn't. Oh, so it is going to hurt you. Yes. But he's not going to tell you that. Why? How, why does the drug dealer give you the first one for free? Why does the porn site let you in first for free? The best things in life are free, not all the time. The best things in life are free, not every time. Sin always holds you longer than you wanted to stay. Costs you more than you're willing to pay. But Jesus, how I many know Jesus sets you free, forgives you, but let's believe not just to be forgiven, but to be set free. If we'll build our life on the rock, we won't just be forgiven, but we will be set free and continually set free and continually set free. We must be people that are not just forgiven, but we are in the process of being set free. And the only way you can be in the process of being set free is if you leave the sandcastles and you and I begin to, not on a Sunday by Sunday basis, it's a Monday to Sunday basis. I'm beginning, let me just encourage you, you might be here today or watching online today, you're like, I'm not doing that, Pastor Anthony. Tomorrow is a new day. Today is a new day. The next day is a new day. And you can leave the sandcastles. You can. You can leave the sandcastles for the kids. And you can begin to build a life that's on His wisdom and on His grace. I want to encourage you again and, and teach you again the full looked good for a while. The fool even looked successful for a while. He might have been on Success Magazine, but what's interesting is Jesus had another magazine title for him called Fool. Don't you love how the Bible will tell you this straight, right? The Bible will just slap you. Ever read the Bible and go, ugh. It's like a hand came out. Fool. You're like, dang it. You're like, that wasn't politically correct. And the Bible's like, I'm not. I'm God. <laughs> Are you with me? Have you ever noticed that culture always says, you can't say that. God's like, I'll say what I bloody want to say. 
I don't think he said bloody, but sorry. <laughs> sorry, Lord. <laughs> God's word is like a lifeguard blowing the whistle. It doesn't just warn you from the pull of the world, the pull of the flesh, and the pull of the devil. It, it says, listen, I want you to build a life of principles. I want you to build it on my, my word. Here's what I, I, I thought about yesterday. Heaven sees further than you see. Heaven sees further than I see. Heaven sees through what I don't see through sometimes. Don't you wish that Eve looked through the apple instead of to the apple? And heaven, I've noticed, wants to give us a perspective just to the apple. Say perspective just to the apple, but we're looking through the apple. Heaven has been around longer than you. I just want to say this again to everyone online. Heaven has been around longer than you. Longer than me. I don't care how old you are. You're like, I'm 102. Well, you're close. <laughs> Not really. But heaven's been around longer than us. Haven't you met, have you ever met like a 14-year-old or 15-year-old and they think they know everything? I love having discussions with 14, 15-year-olds that think they know everything. And here's why I love it. Because I remind them that five years ago they were 10. And then it goes, oh, shoot, I don't know Jack. What philosophy books have you been reading since 10 to 15? What, what, what wise people have you been hanging out with in that time? Like Pokemon? Xbox? I don't even know if Pokemon's a thing anymore, but it must have been years ago. Heaven sees further than you see. Haven't you noticed that as you get a little older, I feel like I'm getting a little older, but guess what? We're all getting a little older, right? You're older than you were yesterday. I'm now 43. Yeah, 43, 43. 43 years young. I remember I was 18, a friend of mine was 23. I was like, man, he's old. What am I now? I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'd hate to think what I thought about myself at 18. I'm 43 now. And I notice that I do things that older people do sometimes. And then I realized they were right. Okay, so let me give an example. When you go to the beach, when you're young, you bring a towel. That's all you bring. You bring a towel and then you watch these older people bringing chairs, eskies, which is, what is it? Cooler, yeah, cooler. Eskies, what we call a cooler in Australia. It could have been worse. New Zealand, they call it a chillabin. They do, a chili bin, but they say chillabin. We call it an esky, it's a cooler, okay. And they, they, they've got so many things, but then they camp out. And then they even bring an umbrella. And I literally look at, years ago, I used to look at, look at these people. <laughs> They're bringing all this stuff to the beach. And then they've got to cart it away. <laughs> 43 years old. Yesterday, we were with some friends at the beach. We had an umbrella. We had a cooler. We had, my wife has now purchased uh, chairs. They're not just chairs, but they, they go on your back like a backpack. 
So watch this picture. I'm just, how many know you can have fun in church? So I just want you to see this picture. I was walking away from the beach with a chair on my back, with bags and an umbrella that I didn't even close. All the way to my car, three blocks, I literally was like this. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just doing it. Why? Because I'm, I'm protecting myself from the 90 degree. And I thought to myself, I wonder if those people who are walking towards me think I'm an idiot. I literally thought that yesterday. I'm like, I wonder what they're saying as I'm approaching them with the largest umbrella they've ever seen and my backpack on a chair. Well, how about this one? You ever seen some old people with their little beach chairs sitting in the water? And you're like, why do you do that? The other day, we did that. And now all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> but when I was 20, I was like, what are you doing? You're not in the sand, you're in the water. You don't, you're confused. I'm 43, now I know. They knew better. What's that? It's age perspective. It's age perspective. I want to tell you today that heaven has a perspective. I want to tell you that some of the things that you think are stupid, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this is why. I think sometimes you look at heaven's morals, sometimes you're like, ah, oh, come on, come on, that just sounds like silliness. And then you see the world falling apart morally. And you're like, oh, maybe that's why. Like my wife sent me a, a video yesterday of... of, of Unfortunately, it wasn't the kind of video you want to watch. It was about pedophilia and so forth. And, and, and you're like, that really happens? Like this weird, that, this lady was explaining some very bizarre things. And I couldn't help but think, maybe that's why heaven has a different perspective. Like maybe that's because heaven sees through it, doesn't it? Heaven sees longer than you see. Heaven sees through what you and I see. Heaven sees through the temptation. Heaven sees through it. But the wise, someone say the wise. Someone say, I can get there. Come on, say, I'm going to grow. See, if you recognize that you've been playing in the sandcastle and making your life in the sandcastle, here's the amazing news. The amazing news is you can change. The amazing news is you don't have to perfectly change, but you can begin to become a wise person. You can begin to leave the sandcastle and go to the rock castle. You can begin to leave it and shift it, and you can get a new perspective. I can get a new perspective. See, the, the wise man, he heeded the warning. He believes the high tide is coming because he knows it's coming. The wise man also knows that though it's easier to dig in the sand, it's far more beneficial to build on the rock. The wise man knows this. The wise man allows God to deal with both what he does and why he does it. Haven't you found that the Bible doesn't just challenge what you do, it also asks the question, why do you do it? 
not just your action, but your motivation. It challenges you and I on action and motivation because you can do the right things even for the wrong reasons. You can even do nice things and good things, but for some reason, selfish intent. But he digs a foundation. And here's what I notice. When you build on the rock, you don't move. When the storm comes, it does batter you. It does beat you. It does affect you. It does, but you're not going to move. Can I get a good amen? In the rain, in the sun, in the winter, you are there. I have come to, over the years, almost respect Venice more, like just being there, like just stable, steady. Steady doesn't sound sexy, but steady will pay the bills. Steady will pay the, the car off. Steady will pay the mortgage off. Steady will mean you're in the right place regularly, not just occasionally. Steadiness. Lady, find a man who's steady or is getting steady because steadiness will be there. It ain't just the six-pack, right? It's steadiness. The man who listens to Jesus, he grows. Someone say grows. He grows to make prayer his strength, not his bailout card. Just want to encourage you. Prayer can feel like a 911 sometimes, but I want to move you away from that so that prayer can become your strength. The very word Father means strength of the house. And if you will make Him the strength of your house, listen to me, man, you will become the strength of your house. Can I encourage you to jump on? Listen, this is good preaching, but again, it's about application. Some of the baptism people are leaving, so don't get distracted by that. Stay with us. They're not getting offended. They're getting baptized. Yeah, come on, give me a hand. Otherwise, they'll be like, wow, a lot of people don't like this message. <laughs> He's offending a lot of people. I don't know what he said about people in gray t-shirts, but man, they don't like his preaching. Amen. He grows to make generosity a commitment, not a nice idea. He grows in character because he cares about what God sees, not just what others see. I've heard this line for many years, character is who you are when no one is looking. Can someone trust you with finances? Can trust someone trust you morally? Can someone trust you? And if they can't just admit that and bring that to God and be like Jacob and say, God, I won't bless me until you change me. Sorry, man, I, I need your blessing, but... God says to him, I won't bless you until I change your name. He grows in forgiving fully. It's easy to forgive little things sometimes. Forgive. Forgiveness sounds sweet until you're going to do it. It really does. Having a value of forgiveness and forgiving is quite two different things. It truly is. But it forgives fully. I think that's so necessary right now. The wise man grows in love and morality. Hear me now. Grows in love and morality. If you are just moral, sometimes you'll come across mean. If you are just loving, 
but there is no morals to it, it'll actually fall apart because love has to have a foundation. Love has to have a truth. Am I preaching to anyone? Grows in his commitment to heaven's mission. In this season, and let me especially preach to people who are watching online, and next week we're going to be more inviting it open to the church, and there's going to be a limitation on how many people come. We can only, because of the, 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 the current you know, regulations right now, we can only really have about 100 people in service. But why a concern as a pastor is that sometimes we can, in these type of moments when we've only done church for four months online, is that you can simply become a consumer Christian. You consume a service and you consume it, but you're not adding anything to anyone. And it is always dangerous to shift into that mindset and mentality. Why? Because consumerism seems like it's, it's awesome at first, but eventually it bites you. Haven't you found that? We are not here to fill seats, but to populate heaven. We are not here because church is a nice idea, not a nice thing people do. It is heaven's perspective. It is heaven's priority. It is heaven's mission. The thing that Jesus is committed to, it is His kingdom. It is His church. And I've noticed that God will bless the man who gets committed to His mission. Too often we're asking God to bless us instead get into His mission. And I found if I'll get into His mission, the blessings seem to follow me. They seem to overtake me. They seem to follow me. But if I'll seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and then all these things, the other things that you and I can seek many times, it's so easy to seek, they follow me. The wise man doesn't need a pole to determine what is right. He, he learns God's principles and he recognises that those are right. What concerns me so often when I see government and politics is they poll the people and then they decide what they're going to do or the, what their morals are. You're like, no, 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 that's not how leadership works. You have morals and principles and then if the people like it or not, they're still your morals and your principles otherwise you just flow with the crowd come on am I preaching to anyone listen to me Joseph could handle the palace and the prison because he was a person of perseverance and principles and presence he was all three Joseph could handle the palace and the prison because he was a person of perseverance and principles and presence let me say that one more time because I think that preaches better than you're responding. Joseph could handle the palace and the prison because he was a person of perseverance. He didn't quit. He was a person of principles. He decided what was right and he stayed to it. And he was a person of presence. I don't know about you, but how many of you thought 2020 was going to go like this? <laughs> Not really. I never thought I'd be preaching to people who look like they're about to rob a bank. I tell you what, if you used to rob banks, it must be kind of tempting these days. <laughs> True, you walk on in, everyone looks like they're going to rob a bank. <laughs> so why don't I? Anyway, I don't want to give any in. I don't want to give you any ideas, any temptation. <laughs> Monday, that's not what you're doing. I just want to let you know. Monday, stop it. 
But I want to remind you of the Word of the Lord for our house. The Word of the Lord that we share each year was breaking through. It wasn't breakthrough, which is a one-time event. It is breaking through, which is a constant and continual thing that you and I can do. And I have wrestled this and, man, I'm preaching way over time. My goodness, I need to shut things down. But let, let me just share this. Because there's so much going on in our culture, because there's so much on social media and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, it's so easy to get lured away from the main thing. It's so easy to get an opinion about something that actually you can bring no change to. It's so easy. I was praying recently, I was like, God, in this season, what do I do? What do I do? Because I can share my opinion on social media and feel like I'm changing the world. And I just felt like God spoke to me and just said, keep building men. Part of the great mission of this house isn't obviously not to build women, no. But one of the big focuses of my life is to build men. So if I keep on doing what I'm called to do, the rest will take care of itself. So let me remind you of this simple thought. Keep breaking through by building your life with godly vision. From a daily connection to His presence. Keep breaking through by building a fun, loving, Christ-centered family. Keep doing that. Keep breaking through by building your business or career or what you study in for the glory of God. Keep breaking through by building His kingdom, investing in other people's spiritual lives. How are we going to live, Church Alive? We're going to seek to be filled with His both heaven's perspective and with heaven's presence. Both. To just have heaven's perspective means I ought to do it. But to be filled with heaven's presence means you end up doing what heaven desires you to do anyway. Can I get a good amen? Come on, can I get a good amen? Why don't you stand to your feet for a moment? Would you close your eyes with me? Come on, everyone praying in this moment. You can start right now by seeking to be filled with His presence. I believe the worship team led you to the presence of God. I believe the preaching of the Word led you to the presence of God. But I believe it's important right now to just say a simple prayer like this. Fill me with your presence. Come on, in your, just in your own heart right now, say that simply. Just surrender your heart again and just go, God, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your presence. Because whatever you are filled by will lead you Eyes closed, those online, eyes closed, all across this place. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you might be saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Maybe you're saying that for the first time, but you've never invited Him to come into your heart. That's what I want you to do today. You might be in this auditorium right now, watching online, and you've yet to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. You might have religion, you might have morals, you might have grown up Christian or Catholic or no religion whatsoever, but you've never said yes to the one who died for you. And I want to take a moment to lead you in that simple prayer. That prayer will connect you to the person of Christ. By His grace, by faith, you will be forgiven and you will be invited into the family of God. So come on, all across this place, why don't we, we pray this simple prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank You for loving someone like me. Thank You 
that you loved me when I didn't love you, when I ignored you, when I did my own thing. Right now, I ask you, come into my life. Be my Saviour. Be my Lord. Be my very best friend. All across this place, while eyes are closed, those of you online, while eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you to quickly raise your hand and raise it up high. If you're saying yes to Jesus, you prayed that prayer with me, asking Christ into your life, asking Christ into your heart. I'm going to ask you to respond and put your hand up and say, yes. On the count of three, one, two, three, quickly, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Those in the front there, those in the side there. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That one in the middle there and those in the couple in the back there. That's awesome today. You can put your hand out. Another one over there. That's awesome today. Those of you online, just in, in your own way, just where, wherever you are, just raise your hand. Just as a, a recognition that you're saying yes to Christ, you can put your hand out. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart, every man here, every lady here. Father, I ask you to speak to them and guide them. Let a true, authentic faith and passion for the purpose you have for them be birthed in them today. Protect them, watch over them, bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. Can we give the Lord a hand? 